And that's something we can hang on to every day, isn't it? So when you're thinking, Lord, how am I going to get through this? Just remember, God will make a way. He will for his people. Well, let's uh, turn in our Bible uh, this evening to first, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Psalm 112. Psalm 112. And I'm going to read the whole psalm and we're going to kind of focus in on verses 7 and 8 as we think about a heart fixed on the Lord before we observe the Lord's Supper. It's easy to go through life being captured by the latest fad, the latest philosophy with the world. And the world provides those, but you know what? So does the Christian world. The Christian world provides, provides fads and philosophies too that uh, can get us off on what I think are tangents. Just go to a Christian bookstore and walk around and look at the books on the shelves. Some of them are wonderful. And some of them really aren't, in my opinion, my humble opinion. But we don't need to be driven about, as the Scripture says, by every wind of doctrine or by every wind of the culture that we live in. We can be fixed, fixated. We can be focused on the Lord. And that's where we need to be. And as we do that, we have a solid foundation. This foundation is Jesus. And as we are focused on him and his word, then he will guide us and show us each day what he wants for our lives. Psalm 112, the psalmist, is talking about that important thing of being focused, being steadfast in our uh, complete devotion to the Lord. Look at what it says. Starts with praise the Lord. That's a good thing to do every day. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who diligent or who, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house. And his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Some really interesting things here about a person whose heart is steadfast and focused, fixed on the Lord. There's a description here of the qualities of that person. 
described in verse 1, he is a God-fearing person. He is a God-fearing man. Praise the Lord. He lifts up and praises the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord. He's God-fearing. We ought to be God-fearing people. You don't hear that term too much anymore, but it simply means that we have respect for God. We look to God as being sovereign. And there is a fear of His holiness, of His righteousness. Not in a negative sense, not that we are afraid God is somehow evil or that He'll do something bad. He won't. That's against His nature. He is good, but He is also to be feared because He is God and we are not. And so we should never lose a sense of the otherness of God. God is near, but we're not God. We're not anything close to being like God in all of his majesty and power and holiness. And we should always remember that. This man that is mentioned in the psalm believes in God and knows that he is over all. And he sees God for who he is. In a sense, he has learned to say, the Lord reigns. We need to remember that the Lord reigns. No matter what we face in life, no matter what happens in life, it doesn't change who God is. It doesn't alter the fact that he is on the throne. We may not understand what's happening or why it's happening or how it's happening or what the end of all will be, but we know that God is at work even in the terrible things, to bring about his good and to bring about his plan. We can trust him in that. The man described here loves God's word, who delights greatly in his commandments. We saw that over and over again, didn't we, in Psalm 119 when we went through that entire psalm. So this person who is steadfast and fixed on the Lord is a person who loves the word of God. And so we're starting a new year. We're only five days in. So I would encourage you to read your Bible every day. Read, it, read your Bible every day. Uh, there may be a plan that you follow. There may not be. You don't have to read a certain number of chapters a day. You don't have to try to read the entire Bible in a year. Nowhere in the Bible does it say read the whole Bible in a year. It's okay to do that. It's a wonderful thing to do that. But don't feel like you're a dirty, rotten, terrible Christian if you don't read the Bible through in a year. It doesn't say you have to do that, okay? But you do need the Word of God. You need to open your heart to God. I have found that sometimes, though, if I focus on one or two verses instead of trying to read three chapters, God will say even more to me from those one or two verses. There is no one way to do it. But we need to do it. We need to be open to the word of God. And let him speak to your heart every day. And uh, don't be afraid to see what God will do. He'll do wonderful things when we are willing to open ourselves to his word. The person described here has a knowledge of the word of God. Or they wouldn't be saying the things that are said here. And I think that that then helps to lead to the statement we find here in verses 6 and following. Surely he will never be shaken 
Uh, we've already talked about some things tonight that are happening that could shake you. It could shake you. Uh, and the world will, will uh, bring those things our way. And certainly in the year 2020, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but God is there. And we don't have to be shaken by everything that comes our way. Because we're trusting in the Lord. Notice it says in verse 7, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And so when we trust the Lord, it means that in spite of our circumstances, even when we get bad news, evil tidings, that God is going to make a way. He's going to provide what is needed to accomplish His will and for us to be the, the people that He wants us to be. We can trust Him in all things. He is full of compassion and righteousness, the person who is focused on God. Verse 4, Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. It's one of the great advantages of being a person who is trusting in the Lord, who puts your focus on the Lord. Because light will arise in the darkness for you and for me. And haven't you experienced that in your life? There have been some dark times for all of us. But in that darkness, the light of God is there. Light rises in the darkness. And that's because when you trust God, you can trust Him to provide all that you need when you need it. You know, Hebrews tells us to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. He will provide what we need in those dark and difficult times. And then this person is described as being a person who is gracious, full of compassion and righteous, a good person, a good man, who helps the poor, who is concerned about his neighbor and those around him. And this is the person who puts their trust in the Lord. It's kind of something of what we talked about this morning, 1 Corinthians 13, that when you have the love of God in your life and God's love is being shared through your life, lived out in your life, it's going to make you a person who is patient and kind and gracious, a person who thinks of others, a person who cares about the needs of people around you. That is the Spirit of God, the power of God living in us and through us. And so the heart of every person is fixed on something, but the heart of a righteous person is fixed on the Lord. And then that has this effect on the person that we become. What else does it say about this person who trusts in the Lord, who is fixed on the Lord? Well, he has enemies. He has enemies. Did you notice that? Verse 8, his heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. And then when you... Read on down in verse 10. The wicked will see it. See what? 
see the life of this person, see the blessings of God on the life of this righteous person. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. So if you have labored under the idea that if you're a good Christian, everybody will love you. Everybody will think you're just the greatest thing since sliced bread. Not going to work that way. In fact, sometimes the more you are trusting in the Lord and doing what God wants you to do, the more people will despise you for it. Now, I'm not saying have a persecution complex and go out and think that everybody hates you. That's not what, that's not what the Scripture is saying here. But it is a reality that when you are the person God wants you to be, God sometimes uses that to really confront people who are not following him. And they will sometimes not like you for it because you make them uncomfortable. You know, that's what the New Testament talks about when it says you are the aroma of death to those who are perishing. The Christian is the aroma of death to the person who is perishing. You show them what real life is about and they realize they don't have it. And sometimes people will be open and they will want what, what you have, what we have as Christians. They will want to hear how they too can come to have that faith and forgiveness and peace that only God can give. But some people respond the other way. They react with hatred. They don't want to hear. And they despise people who love Christ. We see that more and more in our culture, this great divide, this great division. People who don't want to, they don't want to see a Christian. They don't want to hear a Christian. They don't want to hear the name of Jesus. They don't want to see it. They don't want anything to do with it. Why? Because it's the aroma of death to them. And as is described here, the wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth. Don't you just feel that sometimes when you see some of the people who talk about the things of God or people who are trying to do the right thing and stand up for the truth of God? They talk about Christians like we are the scum of the earth. It's like they're gnashing their teeth. And my goodness, what have we done? We're just trying to follow Jesus. But sometimes that's the reaction that it will engender. And so don't let that shake you. Don't let that make you think, well, maybe we're on the wrong track. This is what the Bible says is going to happen. But the person who's trusting in the Lord doesn't have to be afraid, even in the face of that. Because what does it say? He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Many of those fixations that people set their lives upon will end in destruction. Anything really apart from Jesus Christ is going to, is going to fail in it. It's going to end. We may be known by our enemies as well as by our friends. And so be careful about judging people because you find out there's some people who don't like them. 
that may not it may not mean there's anything wrong with that person take a look at who it is that doesn't like them because that may tell you more than uh, anything else will tell you and then we find at the end of this passage the person whose heart is fixed on God finds peace and life trusting in the Lord in verse 7 he will not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is steadfast trusting in the Lord his heart is established in other words it is settled there's not a fear from moment to moment and from day to day the person whose heart is fixed on God will find peace and life not because we're trusting in ourselves no we're not trusting in ourselves we're trusting in the Lord and so as we continue through this new year let's take up this challenge this example that the psalmist has spoken of and let's put our trust in the Lord and knowing that no matter what we face that the Lord is going to provide what is needed. And even in the face of evil, God is greater than any evil that we will ever face on this earth. He is greater. And Jesus Christ has won the victory over sin and death and hell on the cross and in the resurrection. And so in just a moment, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper in which we remember that victory that the Lord Jesus won. He did it by sacrifice, by the giving of his body, the pouring out of his blood, that we might have life. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement it is. We thank you for the challenge that it is. And Lord, help us to be people who trust in you and therefore are settled, settled on your truth, the foundation of Jesus and your word, and help us not to be afraid. Lord, when we face the difficulties of life, help us to remember this psalm and that no matter what we face or who we face, you are, you are greater and you can provide what is needed for us to be the person that you want us to be. And Lord, now as we observe the Lord's Supper, we pray that you'll open our hearts to you. And may, as we remember your sacrifice, we pray you will be honored with the attitude of our hearts. And Lord, we pray that we will be changed as we are confronted once again with the power of your sacrifice and your love. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.